0: Zane
1: Lowe, Apple Music. Hey, what's up? It's Zane here with another podcast conversation here on my interview series. Thanks for checking it out. You can add any rating or comment that you like, or you can just sit back and enjoy this conversation, and I think you will. I'm not going to have a a long and elaborate introduction for this. Rosalia speaks for Rosalia, and no one can do a better job than her in terms of describing her own music and her process. All I want to remind you is that her brand new album, Motomami, is out on Apple Music. You can stream it and you absolutely should that's less promotion more public service announcement on your behalf go and listen to that record and throw yourself into it because it really is one of the most forward-thinking and innovative albums that you will hear today alright without further ado myself and the creator the visionary herself right here in the interview series a rare full-length conversation with the iconic Rosalia Rosalia
2: Every day in the gym. One day no gym. Cheat meal. Hey, cheat meal. <laughs> every day. Every day no. Not every day. Not every day. No, not not every day. One day a week. Yeah, really. Today cheat meal.
1: Come on, DJ cheat meal. What are okay, you gonna okay, have? Okay,
2: okay, okay, okay. One churro of uh, Nutella. With
1: Nutella. Oh, okay. Yeah,
2: true. I'm excited for Nutella one. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Gracias.
1: It's not every day you get to sit down and have lunch and a chat with an artist like Rosalia, you know, uniquely private and in her creative process until she's ready, and she is. This new album, Motomami, will no doubt push music and culture a couple of degrees off axis into new territory once again. So we sat down, ate some food in Santa Monica, which was not her first choice. We were supposed to be in Barcelona.
2: Yes, I know. Yeah. I wanted you to try Los Churros. Yeah. Yeah, that we do there.
1: I know, and I would have loved to have, and it was a, it was a great opportunity, but we're just Pero, not...
2: No, listen, I'm happy that yeah. we're here because it's the first time I'm going to try churros, that here is different, right? Yeah. They put cinnamon, yeah. they put other things, so it's the first time I'm going to try. Yeah. You know what we do in, in Barcelona uh-huh. when you go party,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and you go to a club, mm-hmm. At six a.m. or something, maybe you're leaving the club, churros. and then you eat churros. That's the
1: greatest after club snack of all time. You know, in in Britain, in London where I lived, mm-hmm. they get these things called keba- called kebabs. kebabs? Good <laughs> yeah. kebabs. Yeah. Yeah. But not like a Camden Town kebab. This thing is like it well, is like that big. Yes. And <laughs> it's basically there to soak up all the alcohol that you've been drinking during. Mm-hmm. The, during in the Barcelona,
2: night. they do kebabs too, and they're like this. Yeah, far like, more like sophisticated.
1: Here. I would have loved to come to Barcelona and had a kebab and a churros, but we're here in Los Angeles because we're just, the travel thing is, we're getting closer and closer, Mm -hmm. and I appreciate you being here. You have every reason to be here. It's about to happen. This app is about to come out. It's so crazy. (laughs) We have been very patient, but it's so worth it. This you were always asking is, me. I you, know, I'm annoying. You, I'm the worst fan.
2: You were always asking me, like, when is it going to be done? I know. When is it? When is the album coming and out? And I'm
1: not apologizing for any of it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you were asking me, and I was like, oh, he's going to be happy. That finally, my answer is going to be different. It's done. Yeah. No, when
1: I pressed play on it, it was just, I was excited and it's so much <laughs> anticipation and, and start to finish. I mean, I called people. When I hear music that I truly love, and I'm sure everyone does this, you call people. It's not even done. You just call people. You go, oh my God, this yes, is yes, yes. And I was just calling people. When I get to different songs, I just call people because. Really? Yeah, because it's so exciting and eventful and so many amazing creative ideas. But, you know, the songs are so great and. And Thank all the you effort so you put in is. And we're going to talk about all that. But mm-hmm. I want to talk a bit about Los Angeles because we're here. Yes. And even though it's not Barcelona where your life began, in many respects, you know, a big part of your story began here. I mean, you called okay. your first album proper, that beautiful collection of songs from the songbook, Los Angeles. Right. And I, I, I just wanted to, because we're going to speed up to the present moment very quickly, but yeah. I wanted to ask you, being back here, how you feel about this city and how it, how it treated you back then. Did it treat you kind? Was it tough? Did it teach you tough life lessons? Was it warm? What was it like then?
2: I think there's both. I find both that kindness and that... Tough energy too mm. combine in LA. I, I can feel both. And I think I felt it when I first came. It was maybe four, three years ago, I don't even remember, like I think four years ago, to shoot the plata, that video mm. for the uh, for the album Los Angeles. Mm. Mm. And then to do to create Moto Mammy, I spent a lot of time here in LA too. Because the people I was collaborating with, they was they were they were here. Yeah. So it really made sense that it's the same energy. It was still the same energy. And it really affected the sound, I think, and the project. Being here, you know, being here, being in New York, being in Miami, spending time in these places, genie- like, like G3 and mm. 1.5 wouldn't mm. exist mm. if I didn't spend the time here, for example.
1: How do you soak up your environment? Because to me, hmm. one of the things that's so sort of fascinating about your process is you disappear.
2: <laughs> you, I do because I
1: need but to. You really do it. And, I, and, and look, a lot of artists say they disappear. They don't really disappear. Right, right, There's right, a difference right. between still being around and being right. within the peripheral vision of the attention syndrome mm-hmm. and actually getting the heck out of there. And you just go. Like, First question is, how do you so effectively create privacy for yourself when you're so visible now and people are so curious about what you're doing?
2: I think it depends on the intention of how you move. It, de- it depends, like, if you really want to be private, you can be private. Mm-hmm. That's my point of view. If you want to be low-key, you can be low-key.
0: Yeah.
2: I almost feel like I disappear because I needed to. Why? Because then I, I can focus. So I needed to focus to make an album. Like Motomami, I needed to focus and put all my energy mm-hmm. and, and get to the center. Mm. to create.
1: And who cuts through that focus? Anyone? Family? Do You take calls from anyone when you're in the studio. And Neil Young said to me oh. that if I'm sitting there and a song comes to me, no matter yeah. what I'm doing and who I'm with, yeah. I, I leave that or them and go write that song. And I said, well, how does your family feel about that? And he said, no. they know me best. They know I have to do that.
2: There's five people that if they call, I stop the music. I don't care how good yeah. the sound is, how mm. good the, the song It's looking like I don't care. Like I take the I take the call because
1: family is really important to you. Hell yeah, you made that really clear from the beginning.
2: Yes, 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 full, full. Because I know I'm not gonna be doing this forever. Yeah, I know that I'm not gonna be making albums when I'm 80 probably, I hope I do it till I'm 70 or something, okay? <laughs> <laughs> no dis-
1: <laughs> Rose, there's no difference between 70 and 80. There is no is, difference. Is. If you make it to 70, you may as well go to 100. For
2: me, okay, the difference is, <laughs> <laughs> the difference is when I stop making albums. Sure. Maybe, okay, if it's sure. in when I'm 60, yeah, yeah, then yeah. maybe for me there's a difference between 60 and Deal. 70. Okay. Deal. <laughs> Deal. So yeah, I think that my life is going to change yeah. at some point where I'm not doing this and I'm not who I am right now, mm. which I'm cool, I'm cool with it. Yeah. I, I, I accept that and I'm, I'm happy that it's like that. But I'm conscious too. So family for me, first.
1: So what do they, the people who know you best, what do they worry about you the most?
2: Oh my God, you should ask them. Like <laughs> I'm
1: sure they tell
2: you. You should ask them. Hmm. For sure, my mom worries that I don't take breaks.
1: Mm.
2: I did a little bit 2020. Mm. We all did. Because we all did. quarantine, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But that's it. I think that that's it. I don't, I literally don't take breaks because I feel like to, to work Mm. at a certain level, to get a certain result, you really need to sacrifice like a lot, like time relationship so many things this is
1: the thing that i don't think enough people really give you credit for right because your story if you ask anyone who's a rosalie fan they'll tell you straight up it's about vision and determination Mm -mm. a lot of emphasis on vision because you're very visual and you present your vision it's clear it's yours Mm -hmm. not enough focus on the determination that you've shown not enough Mm -hmm is given, I think, to the part of your story that people don't really know.
0: Right. Which probably. is all the
1: work that you put in before yeah. people started to really realize who you actually were as an artist. Yeah. And I guess the question is really simple, but I'd love an answer. A lot of work?
2: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> a lot of work. I think that people, sometimes, they, they've seen my last three years or something. They I felt, them around. I felt that they, they've seen how I was moving, mm. but they didn't see the moves before.
0: Mm. Mm.
2: And I had the opportunity to do other albums before before uh, Los Angeles, but I didn't want to do it because I knew I wasn't ready. I knew I was, I didn't know what I wanted to explain yet, how I wanted to explain it. Well, in so, a way,
1: maybe you didn't even when you put out Los Angeles, because that was to, your, to But then
2: I felt the urge. Yeah, with Los Angeles, I I felt the urge.
1: You know, I love that album. I just ordered that album on vinyl. It's coming tomorrow, (laughs) seriously. I'll show you the order. But, like, who does that at your age? Who who dives into a songbook and makes something that, in collaboration with someone like Raúl, and makes that record your first statement, Mm -hmm. when I'm sure there was this desire for you to come out there? I didn't have
2: no rush, I promise. I didn't have no rush. I was like... God's plan is perfect. And this is, this is how it's supposed to be for me. And I was like, oh, I don't know Rihanna, or I don't know how many artists that I love. They started their career much earlier. But for me, I knew that it was different. Yeah. And I, I accepted it from the beginning. I was maybe like, helped. Okay,
1: that maturity maybe helped. You.
2: I think it helped me to mm. not do an album that I didn't want to do. Mm. It really helped me also to, to make an album when I really felt like I needed to make an album. And for Motomami, it happened the same again. Like, I needed to connect with the urge. I didn't want to make an album just because now is the time to make an album. (laughs) No, like, I don't work like that.
1: You talk about God's plan, you talk about an urge to me. I guess they're the same thing. The urge is the way God is communicating through you, right? That desire, that Mm -hmm. like, it's actually, in fact, it's more than desire, it's necessity.
2: Exactly.
1: How do you know what that feels like?
2: I think it's just something you feel. Yeah, I think it's something you feel. I think it's something that you just realize that you start to write again, that you start to think about possible Possible ways to produce a song, possible ways to arrange a song. Thank you so Thanks, much. You look drink. amazing. <laughs> Thank
1: you. Bro.
0: Thank you. I'm
1: okay right now. Thank sure. you, but I'll, oh, I'll get bro. there. Trust me. No, man. you're going to no, leave. Me no, 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 no. I'm going to be tacos. like driving while I'm up. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. Thank so, you, you Okay. Maybe, maybe. We'll see. <laughs>
2: One bite of a
1: churro. Okay, I'm definitely eating churros, Are you kidding Okay, me? Okay, okay, okay. On the dessert, listen, my family will tell you when it comes to dessert, like I, I would skip everything and just get to dessert if I could in a strange way. Um, we can
2: skip to the dessert. No, 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 these
1: look and smell incredible. Um, no, that feeling, I, I, I think that, I've asked that question to a few artists in my life and only at very select times do I try to get a better understanding of what it is to, to mm-hmm. listen to your inner voice or God's voice or whatever it is that's inspiring you to do something. Mm-hmm. That feeling that you get, where it starts to happen. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I really feel like that puts you on a path of absolute uncertainty. Because
0: mm-hmm. you don't know mm-hmm.
1: right, when you're going to get there, when it's going to be finished.
2: Yes, you don't know. And it's a leap of faith, it's for sure. a leap sure. of
1: faith. For and, sure. And we were taking it leaps of like faith that. in 2020 on this project,
2: mm-hmm.
1: asking you questions. And <laughs> And you took, and you took 2021 for the most part. Yes. And you blocked us out.
2: It took me forever to mix, to like get the mixes, like exactly what I wanted it to be. It yeah. took nine months or something. I don't know how Just many. Just to mix the record. And to create the, yeah. the the visual album. Yeah. Like the not the visual, the visuals for the album. Yeah,
1: yeah. Thank you, man. <laughs> Just
2: Thank,
1: you. Thanks, man. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, <laughs> man. Okay,
2: I'm gonna eat. I'm gonna eat. This <laughs> is so to, <too> good. <laughs> to create mm-hmm. the videos for the album to create the, the um, cover of the mm-hmm. album and mixing, it took a whole year. So things that I would love that it's like this, it's not like this. And it's just, I just, you know, like, I feel like I don't feel I'm late if I'm going on my own rhythm, you know? I do. You could feel like that at some point. You feel like, oh, everybody's moving. There's so many things happening, blah, blah, blah. But then it's like, whatever. I, I have my own rhythm. Yeah. And I want to do an album in my own terms. I don't want to do it like in whatever way. It needs to be like precise, focused.
1: Is Motomami a concept album?
2: Yeah, for sure.
1: So what is the concept?
2: <laughs> I love that you tell me, because you analyze amazing. I Female empowerment
1: like... and strength, but through a very individual lens. Right. I feel like you're speaking to people, but only on, on behalf of yourself. So it's like- it
2: behalf of yourself? Personal. Yes. Often when
1: people come out and and, and and make a record that's conceptual and it's there to inspire en masse, yeah. it can be at the sacrifice of your own personal reflection. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this album, you're using your own per- very personal observations.
2: Yes, yes. For sure it has personal point of view all the time. Mm. I feel like I haven't done that in the other albums, also they were much more serious, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I think that in this one I was like, I really want to find a way to allow my sense of humor to be present in Yeah, playfulness. Yeah, playfulness, exactly. Because also that's how I feel. I used to be a lot like that when I was a kid and I was like, why did I forget that I I'm very playful. So it's like, this has to be part of uh, an album, if Mm -hmm. I'm making an album right now and that's how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and for sure, for sure, there's concept, it's conceptual because I feel like, it's almost like you and you try to do like a self-portrait of a moment, of who you are, how you feel, the way you think, and those are things, specific things. And, and I think that this, that.
1: You've always been a strong female performer and you surround yourself mm-hmm. with strong female presence, you know? Right. The uh, dancers, the visuals, the whole feeling mm. that you present is that you feel empowered being who you are, not just as a human being as a, within our species, but as a woman. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to ask you, who were some of the strongest role, female role models in your life that mm. put you on that path?
2: My oh, mom. Mm. My sister too. Yeah, for sure. First my mom, but my sister and I we used to spend a lot of time together. We still do. Mm-hmm. Since we were kids, we used to do it, and she influenced me a lot. The way the way she thinks She's influenced older. me a lot. Yeah.
1: So so you were her <laughs> experiment.
2: Aha! Uh-huh. Exactly. I wouldn't have. It would be hard to find a a better description. Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. But I had fun with her a lot. And I think that she she has fun with me. And uh, we're lucky that we are friends. Not every brother and sister is friends.
0: That's true.
2: You know? And I feel like probably, we say sometimes that, that probably if we were not sisters, we wouldn't have been friends which is crazy, no? Pero, life put uh, us in this situation and, and we became...
1: Well, you get to practice on your siblings, that's the point, like if, <laughs> you, if everybody that you were... You are
2: an older brother? I have an
1: older brother and... Um, you, but you have an... Uh, no, not a younger, I have an older brother. Okay. An older brother. so you uh, felt it. Yeah, I did, but but to your point, and he won't mind me saying this, we're, we're very different people. Yeah. But we're incredibly good friends. Mm. Because of exactly mm. like you're saying, I mean, that sense of family, mm. I think it kind of trains you and teaches you to think outside of your own interests.
2: You're right. And
1: to explore other things, and that's you're really the first person you get to do that with. Because <laughs> it, right? it's
2: no. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Eh?
1: On this album, there is moments of pure innovation and energy, and it starts that way with Soko. And <laughs> we, you know, we know this song because it because it, it represents the record up front. And mm-hmm. I, what I love about this song is that I agree,
2: 100 percent.
1: It, it just, it shows a real sense of what, of what we can come to expect. And I wonder how that song actually came to exist. Like, how did you go from this kind of crazy free jazz experience <laughs> into the rhythm that kind of rides through the album and then find your way back to it? Like, how do you put that together?
2: You know that Taoko is the last song I made for the album? It's always the way. Can you believe? Always the way. It, right, I think mm-hmm. it's- Because you're free. Yeah, I think, I think so. I think it's when you really put the pieces together, mm-hmm. you understand what you're doing, you understand the palette, you understand the direction, you, understand, you, you are clear about what you're doing. Yeah. So, and you're freer too, because you have the rest of the pieces, so it gives you confidence, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So I was in New York, I was working in Electric Lady,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and it was a night that I remember I was working with Uzi. Uzi got sick, so Uzi left. And I was just me and David, the engineer Mm. that I've been working with since I started Motomami. He's been there like nobody else. And then I just went to the piano. I started uh, improvising a little bit. I found the riff. And then I was like, okay, let's distort this. Let's distort this. Let's put some distortion. Let's make it sound uh, tougher. And then I tried some Different drums that I, I had because, nice guy, this mm. producer from mm. Puerto Rico, he sent me, in the beginning of the process of the album, he sent me a bunch like of a songs, drums. like li- library that is a special one, a special one, because different generations been sharing this with the new ones, different producers to each other, which is very beautiful. And yeah. I was like, wow, this is very special. Like, I treated it like oh my God, it's a special. And then I was like, let me try to make this work. Because before
0: mm.
2: I was, to the people I was working with uh, and uh, I had around, I was like, I want to do a song that has reggaeton and jazz. Right. Like both, I feel like it can, it can make sense. And they were looking at me, I was like, I was crazy. They were like, nah, this is not gonna work. And literally I asked them, can you, can you try some stuff like this in this direction? Mm. There was a f- few things tried, nothing nothing on the table, nothing. No, and they were like, mm. even David uh, told me like later, he was like, you know, like after we did Togo, he was like, you know when, in the beginning when you said that that <laughs> idea was like, this is not going to no. work. Mm, no. Yeah, no.
1: But you must get that a lot. I mean, you must have had people throughout <laughs> your career saying, that's not going to work, that's not going to work because mm. you love to create hybrid energy. You love to take one thing and another thing and put it all together. That's a big part of, of what drives you.
2: Exactly, exactly. I, f- I feel like, music from other places mm-hmm. mm, keeps me thinking it keeps me reflecting it keeps it keeps me inspired mm-hmm. so that's why i always try to like okay how can i make this work with this and then you always get something different the result when you try in a in a way that is maybe not the the most predictable it, people say that, no? that usually but you, say you it get in the
1: song. a different result. You say it in the song, right? It's like transform, contradict. Yeah. Cut it up. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. like, like, take everything and break it and make <laughs> something new.
2: Yes. Yes, because sampling exists. Sampling exists since forever, right? Yeah. It's just that nowadays it's more obvious.
1: Yeah, I love the way you wrote that song and, and, and the whole montage of thoughts, the way that it's just like a stream of consciousness. And, <laughs> Um, I missed it for the first few listens, but, and I read the, the ID piece, which was great, and you talked about the, the, the comment that Frank made to you about opening up the world like a nut. Like Yes. Do you think he meant pry it open or crack it with a nut hammer?
2: Okay, so that's, a, he is the only one who could answer that, right? Mm. But uh, for me, that's what I see.
1: Smash it with a nut hammer. Yeah. Crack it open.
2: Full, that's why I connected with that thought and that image.
1: You know, I've spent time with him and obviously like the rest of the world, who knows his music and loves him, treats him with the greatest of reverence, as one of the most magical artists of our, of our time. Right. Um, but very few people have been able to spend time in a studio with him. Like yourself, he tucks himself away and he keeps his process private. So without giving too much away, from your perspective, without giving away his process, how was it influential to you working with Frank Ocean?
2: I think he is very free in the way he creates. And I think that that's exactly how I used to make my albums. And I think that because this environment sometimes is like, you know, like, um, there's a lot going on at the same time, every day. Yeah. And you could forget a little bit of that freedom, that it's usual, that it's natural, but maybe at some point you could forget. And I feel like being surrounded by people that uh, feels free and that is free. For example, my sister, I feel like she's a person that like that too. A lot of my friends are like that. And that's always beautiful and inspiring.
1: Yeah. There's a song on the album, which we fast forward a little bit, um, Komo On G." Yeah. Which is uh, one of the more sort of reflective and and very delicate moments on the record. Mm-hmm. And from what I can gather, it's it's really about, you know, understanding that everything has an end. Even something beautiful has an ending to it. Yes. You know, finality is not something I think we're programmed to truly acknowledge as people. I think a lot of times we've, we don't want to accept that there's finality in
0: anything.
2: Uh, wow, that's amazing, and I agree with you. You know. It's amazing that you say it because I think that I try to... understand that better, and I write songs and lyrics a lot about that, about yeah. finality. yeah. Sakura is about that
0: too. Yeah, okay. cherry
1: blossom, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: The idea that something beautiful can, can exist Break. within its framework and ultimately disappear yeah. and dissolve.
2: Yes, so I think that mm. that's hard for us to understand.
1: Yeah, well, because we want to hold on to things that we care about as tight as we can for as long as we can. Um, and, you know, when you write a song like Komo Unji and you really, really, it's a love letter to finality, really. It's not a sad song.
2: Is you think it's not?
1: It's sad, but it's... Also Why do you
2: think it's not? <laughs> because,
1: because in many respects, it's a celebration of that finality. It's like, make the most of what you have, right, mm-hmm. in the, when it's in your hand. Mm-hmm. But I wonder how that affects... Given that you seem to focus on that as a writer and a creative, it's on your mind even subconsciously, how does that kind of affect your ability or, or how you actually build lasting relationships if finality is kind of always there in the back of your mind?
2: That's a great question. It's the same I would feel if we talk about like, how do you live when, if you know you're gonna die, no? Then you just try to squeeze it, <laughs> you know? You try to squeeze it and then you dream that.
1: Have you always been like that even as a kid?
2: I think so. I think I became more overthinker through time. When I was a kid, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think a lot. I just do. What was
1: like? What's one of your favorite childhood memories? Like, when you think back to your childhood, what immediately springs to mind?
2: The first one that comes to my head is me running. I grew up in a forest. Mm. Me running the forest from in the forest from the highest point to the lowest. On your own. On my own, as fast as I could. Like as fast as I could. There was roads.
1: But not because you were scared. <laughs> Because you're excited and it was a fun thing to do.
2: Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. Just like that. <laughs>
1: because most times you see on TV people running through a forest, there's someone chasing them.
0: No, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> that's not so true, yeah. but no. That's
1: <laughs> an important distinction. I mean, it really gives us an insight to your childhood, which is that, so, so nature was a huge part of where you grew up and what, what you were exposed to.
2: Yes, full, and I was very nervous. I had a lot of energy.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I still, I think, like I'm a little bit like that. Mm-hmm. And then I would run, I just would run a lot. I remember myself running very fast when I was a kid. So when you when you ask me, my first image is that, me running fast. <laughs>
1: yeah, and yet you found the ability to stop and slow down and, and but again, in a, in a weird way, you know, your energy is going into your creative process. You just make everything else stop that's around you. So last year while you were mixing the record, well actually before you were mixing the record, what was the environment like that you recorded Motomami in? I mean, you were very kind, you sent me this, this amazing,
0: what? video
1: of you playing a song,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which was awesome. Just you on the piano, you just say, hey, I think you like this. And it was like, I was so blown away. But it looked like, to be honest with you, the room looked like the kind of room a crazy person sits in. It was just like, <laughs> it was just white sheets and, and then some instruments in the middle. So I, I wonder sort of what the environment is like, you know, when you're not collaborating with people and you're just trying to find that inner voice.
2: Okay, first of all, when I don't like a space, mm-hmm. I transform it. Mm-hmm. I change things. When I'm uh, staying in a house, Jeez. I take all the paintings yeah. down, yeah. I move the, the, all the couches and every, everything, I yeah. move everything yeah. till I feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. The only way that I could feel comfortable in that place when that you're talking about, mm-hmm. it, with all the sheets on the wall,
0: mm-hmm.
2: that was the only way that I could uh, change that place. To
1: block everything else out. Maybe. Yeah. But what do you, then how do you tour? <laughs> okay.
2: yeah. I prefer staying in houses and feeling the the energy of the people that mm. it's been the personality i just i just mm. it's harder to feel comfortable in spaces that doesn't have personality
1: so do you like touring for that reason i mean do you can you make peace with the fact that there, that you have to go from one kind of cold potentially cold place to another
2: yes because i love discovering new things right i love being in different places and discovering learning and when i'm traveling that happens.
1: You have to... So compensate. You have to ensure that happens, right? Because the nature of touring for most artists is that you go from one place to the next because time is money. So do you actually say to your team, listen, money. I've always wanted to visit here. I need some time.
0: I I'm
2: going to do there. that for this tour, mm-hmm. for sure. Because in the other one, I was like, okay, what well, do we Run, have to yeah, do? Running, Let's running, go running, running, running. Through yeah, the I don't want to be yeah. late, blah, blah, blah.
0: Yeah.
2: The forest. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. Still running. <laughs>
2: All the time running, right? but not the fun one. Mm. Uh -uh. So at this point, I want to have fun. You know, so I'm like, if I'm in Italy and I want to visit uh, this museum, I'll go. And if I have to do whatever, if I want to ride a bike and I'm in Berlin, I'll do it. And if I want to do this and that, I'll do it. Mm. Because at the end of the day, you spend maybe two years touring or things like that. And that's so much time. And I, I don't want to feel like, I don't know, that I'm not, I'm not living my life.
1: There's a song on the record called Diablo, which, once again, it's you and James. Mm. It's one of the rare moments that you've opened up the process to another vocalist, The weekend, obviously, on La Farma. But you and James have this really amazing tonal chemistry. <laughs> and he seems to kind of bring a different kind of tone out of you, like you... Mm kind of come to him a little bit, if that makes sense, when you're in, on I the same feel song. I um, I know how much of a fan of his you are. I love to encourage that kind of conversation because I think that's what breeds just great, you know, creativity is confidence. So what do you love about James and why? why did you ask him to be on this album?
2: He's unique, his sound is unique. When I heard his first album, I was like, this is really honest.
1: Was that a game changer for you, that See, album? See, I
2: heard it a lot, yes. Okay. Yes, I was hearing it a lot in Barcelona. I remember riding the bike in Barcelona and listening to James' album or even when I was taking walks. And yeah, I heard that album a lot years ago. And I feel like I'm always excited for what, how he thinks and how is he going to play in this and how what's he going to do. Like, I love the way he, he sees the keyboard, too, how he harmonizes things, like, he's special. All the people that um, have been part of this project, I feel like they're all very unique, very special, and I feel really grateful.
1: It's incredible, though, that, you know, you pick these very sort of, um, what I would consider to be singularly focused, creative people who are in their own production. Mm -hmm. And yet, you've still been able to, in my opinion, produce this album. Like, Mm -hmm. I know there are other producers you work with, but I really do look at you as the producer of your music. Mm
2: -hmm. As a musician, as a producer, I feel excited to collaborate with
0: people.
2: Yeah. But I think that sometimes people, it's almost like they don't understand, because they are not in the studio, they don't experience that, no? But to have collaborators, that doesn't mean that somebody's doing your job. I wish.
0: Honestly. No, you don't. No, no listen. Don't. Listen. <laughs> no, I wish. I
2: wish that I could get the result that I want.
0: Mm.
2: Asking other people to, to do it, because I would I would live much more. I would spend much more time with my family, with my friends. Honestly, honestly. But
1: then I then I can't disagree. If it's honest and it's honest and it's honest, but uh, yeah. Equally, you have this reputation of being a perfectionist and being resilient with your vision and and determined. As I said, determination right, is a part of of, of your story. Yes. That's a fair observation, is it not? You are a perfectionist to some degree.
2: I think so. Yeah, you don't spend like three years working on something like maybe, I don't know, like 16 hours a day for months if you're not a perfectionist? I've
1: spoken to Jose about it. I've spoken to, I've spoken to-, to, to Man- Jose? Yeah, I've spoken to Manny American. Yeah, I've spoken to Manny American about it, you know. <laughs> what
0: you mean? <laughs> Who you are? It, it, it,
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, when we talk about the album, we say, or I'll say to like, you know, J Balvin, I'll say, you know, what was it like working with Rose when you did your collaboration? He's like, she's so focused and so <laughs> dialed into the detail. And I, I talked to Manny, like, how's the Rosalia album coming on? He's like, you have to ask her, because <laughs> she's a completely in charge. Manny? And, mm,
2: Oh, my God, money is amazing. He
1: was very complimentary about the way that you are, are dedicated to, to mm-hmm. every detail.
2: Mm-hmm. You know: Yes, I do. And I feel uh, it's part of, of how being a musician, how, how I was built as a musician, I feel like, because my teacher, my master, my yeah. flamenco master, he would be like that. He would be tough on me, like, like in the best way possible, to be honest. But he will be tough because he would be like, oh no, this run, this run you did, that's not right.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: This run you did, the timing or the delivery or the, the intention or the, the dynamics, or it would be so much detail. And also flamenco has so much detail that it was the best way to learn. I think.
1: When you're young, you, you know, I think most artists I speak to at a certain age are just trying stuff out and, and discipline is the furthest thing from their mind, mm. right? They're like, don't tell me what to do and certainly don't put me in a box and don't tell me to work for it. <laughs> but you came at this as a student it's, it's, and, and found your way into this show business, but with the discipline of a student. That's really rare.
2: Because it was the only way for me to, to approach music. There was nobody around me that, that could connect me to the industry or anything. Mm. So that was the only way. That's literally the reason why. <laughs> and then, once I was in the not college, how you call it, the academy, mm. academy, yeah. Yes, in that environment, you kind of become a an student, and you kind of learn how to become a student, which it humbles you. And I think that's good.
1: Do you have fun memories of that time?
2: Oh my god, the most fun I had it was in jam sessions with other musicians improvising, blah blah blah. Mm. But because the rest, that was not fun. Mm-hmm. That was not fun at all. And also I had no guarantee that it was going to work and I spent like more than 10 years uh, studying.
0: Yeah.
2: And yeah, that was tough. That's
1: a long time. Yeah,
2: that was long. But then to but... come out
1: there and then to, and to back yourself.
2: What does that mean? Wait.
1: Well, I'll explain. When, you, when, you, when you're a student, you have to back yourself because it's really up to you to achieve the goals you set for yourself, right? Mm-hmm. To pass the, the various stages. Mm-hmm. Then you leave and it's like, all right, now I'm going to make my second album and I'm gonna kind of have to really back myself, like, like only believe in myself that this sound is gonna mm. work and that people are gonna get it. Right? And we know your story, we know that, that, that no one was sitting there, you didn't have a cheerleading squad, like,
2: <laughs> yeah man, do it, <laughs> yeah, you know, Exactly, this is, this is it. hell no, yeah. <laughs> that would've been fun though.
1: Yeah. But it, it, you did it your way and so that self-confidence ultimately, I think, kind of really established what is, has what is gone ever since. Were there tough times making that second record? Even though you knew you had Malamente in the chamber, you had songs that were gonna connect, were there, were there moments when you were like, this is-
2: you, You're asking a about road. El Malquerer. Mm. There was moments of doubt, but much more of, of uh, reaffirming. Mm. And in the same way, I think, in Los Angeles, and in the same way in Motomami. It's mm-hmm. like all the time, I feel like I make music trying to challenge myself as a musician, trying to challenge who's going to listen to it. So that requires faith and patience, and that's something that you you never know how wh- what's going to happen, no? You never know the what the result is going to be. But I really almost made a promise with myself of I know that uh, that's how I started making music. I know that this is my... Mediosyncrasia, as a musician, idiosyncrasy, I don't know how to say that in English.
0: Idiosyncrasy?
2: (laughs) Yes, as a musician. Mm. So, I have to be faithful of that, loyal to that. I think I'm, I'm a loyal person, and I'm loyal to the people that I love. And that's just who I am, and I feel like my music is a reflection of that.
1: I'm gonna ask you the hardest question I got right now, but it's also the most kind of playful question, but you're gonna hate it. What? Yeah, um, <laughs> if you had to pick one of the collaborations that you've done in between your records, where you've been able to go out there and learn something new by working with somebody else, we're yes. talking about Travis, Billy, okay. Azuna, J Balvin, okay. great list of artists.
0: Uh-huh.
1: We don't need a criteria and no one needs to feel upset, no one needs to be in their feelings based on the answer.
2: <laughs> Are you gonna ask me which was my favorite yeah. or something like that? Whatever. What? Well, that's not a not, not fair question.
1: It could be about the experience.
2: Okay, okay. No, I feel you. I feel mm-hmm. you. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be honest. Mm-hmm. My favorite to work with. was the first person that gave me a chance here, in the U.S. And that's Pharrell. Ha. <laughs> yeah, that's Pharrell.
1: That's a great answer.
2: That's Pharrell. And then, after two years, after we worked again, we we worked on Motomami and He did the title track, right? He did Motomami because oh I was ex- I
1: didn't even know. You just put it in it's just like no one else could yes. do
2: that with bass. Come on that sound. That sound, that's his sound. Project. That's that's Pharrell sound. And I feel so grateful that it's, there's a part of you know uh, of Pharrell in this album.
1: In your life. Like you said, first person to really co-sign you.
2: Yes, and I, I I spend like time with him in the studio, and that's really special. Like how he, how free he is to. Again, he's a very free person.
1: I hear everything's always on, and I hear that you just he'll just you'll just be talking. And he'll just go up to a keyboard and start creating. <laughs> yeah, you know,
0: is that how it
2: works? He, yeah, he, he's always mm. um, a very playful too. He's a very mm. playful person, I think, in the way he makes music. That that's you know you can see, you can tell. Even with his voice, he, he plays with his voice. He yeah, uses he his voice as an instrument in a, so many different ways, and it's so beautiful to see him work. To, it's inspiring, and uh, I learn a lot. Not, be, not just because he's a great writer, he's a great producer also, he's fun to be around. Like I crack up every time I'm around him. Like I'm laughing so much, and he's always teaching me the stuff. He's the best, he's just the best.
0: He does
1: the best music face too.
2: See, that's him. That's him. <laughs> you imitate him. you <laughs> good? When I tell that? him the title of the album, he made that face.
1: <laughs> does he do that does he do that thing where he looks at you while he's playing music? And He just goes.
2: No, he don't do that. He's yeah. done that
1: to me once before. It was the most amazing thing. He was just like.
2: Like what do you think? No, yeah, what do you think? Like right
1: at you. <laughs> that's awesome.
2: No, he don't do that. He'll, but he will be dancing. He'll be dancing in the on the um, on the room. It's impossible to not bounce when you are uh, around Pharrell. There's
1: a question though, what do you like when it's time to play music to people? <laughs> are you like Pharrell? What do you think? It's
2: oh, likely. hell no. No. No, because when I'm- You uh, leave the room? Not either, because I think that's evasive.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So mm-hmm. not even co- not confronting too much, mm-hmm. not evasive either. Mm-hmm. So that's how I usually try to uh, like stay in that, in that try to find that mm. center, that yeah. middle, no? Yeah and uh, with everything. And when I uh, play music for people, usually I'm like, I try to s- just see it, make sure that it sounds good, that it's not like sat- saturado and doesn't sound crazy. <laughs> you know, because sometimes speakers are very m- You know your
1: music is crazy though, by the way. <laughs>
2: What to we, what should we, what should <laughs> we? In the bit,
1: all the best possible ways, you're like, I don't want it to sound too crazy, but I'm just gonna play a song which has No, I want that it's crazy,
2: <laughs> I love that it's crazy, yes, 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 but I don't want that it sounds bad, okay? Yeah, just it's just that, difference.
0: just that, yes. It's a big difference.
2: Exactly, there's a difference. Yes. And then I just, I want that they have their experience, oh. chill, without having my the pressure of me of, of, do you like it? It and can like, be awkward. Also, it can be very awkward, I don't yeah. like that, I really don't I don't like when people play their music to me a lot, because I like to in listen music. Yeah, yeah, listen yeah. to music by myself. You, and
1: where is that? Where's the perfect place in to be listen? Oh, I love the
2: car. Yes, in the car. It's the best way to listen music. So, I don't like people when they say, like, oh, listening party. No, 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 that's not a party. That's not a so party. Not
0: a that's party. not a party.
1: That's not a party. 15 people, and I was like, oh my God, I spend more time looking at the people around me than I do listening to the music or looking at the artists because I'm worried, like, how are they reacting? No, like- the
2: most fun part of that, I think, is to observe people mm. and see how they all have to deal with that situation. Because that situation is not, not cool. I like to, unless it's your closest friends. Yeah, yeah. Then I can understand. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You can be. You, know you can I mean? be straight with them. Or
2: with my sister, your, your reaction can be really honest.
1: And How honest is she?
2: She's always honest. She always tells me.
1: Is she brutal, or is she does she find a way to? No, she's brutal. She's brutal. Is there a song on this album that you defied her her judgment on? That she's that's what. I mean, she does What's so her many. least favorite song on the album? You you
2: ask her. You ask her. You ask her. I hope there's answer. there's none that is like the. I hope that there's not one that she hates.
1: I can't hear it. I mean, like I said, start to finish, I think all the effort you put into this record is like, Mm. you can hear the love that you put into it. If you raise your kids right, then hard work and detail should go along for the ride, you know? Mm -hmm. But love is a whole other thing. Like putting, like being able to stay focused like that, and I hear the love you put into this.
2: Wow, thank you so much. Because that's true. Mm. Yes, yes. And I feel like this, I'm very grateful to all the people that have been part of the album, but this album, wouldn't exist without the sacrifice and the dedication and and the blood, sweat, tears, literally.
1: So what was the biggest sacrifice?
2: Being far from home for more, almost, almost two years. Being far from the people I love for almost two years. Because I never did that in my life. And and I don't know if I could do it again, because honestly, it was really tough.
1: What did you learn about yourself?
2: That I'm resilient. Hmm. I'm resilient. It's a great lesson. Yeah, I'm resilient. And I reaffirmed in, in, be, in being resilient during that time, because it was the, pande- the pandemic. And it, there was a lot of isolation, but literal isolation too, like, and also not literal. Like, I, I really had to push a lot. That was the hardest album for me to make. Mm. That was the hardest one. This, this is the hardest album that I had to do, for sure. And I had to spend a lot of time like writing by myself at home, being in a, in a room, just writing, 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 writing. A lot of time in the studio, just with David, like pushing, 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 trying to find the right sounds, trying to find the right, the right production, the right arrangement like there was. And without that determination, without those days of 16 hours working, this album, and without the decision of making this album three years ago, that I decided that this was going to happen, this album wouldn't exist. Huh. So yeah, I feel grateful for everybody who contributed in it. But as a, as a producer, as a writer... you got
1: to be proud of yourself.
2: Yes, because yeah. this, this made me push myself so much. I've learned so much. I feel like I grow. I grew as a producer and as a writer in oh, this album. No doubt.
1: I mean, when I hear a song like Valeria, <laughs> song four on the album, I'd like to call it. Um,
2: mm-hmm, song four. This tour is amazing, by the way.
1: Yeah, I was gonna ask you, Churro check. Wow. Because we're talking about Barcelona versus Los Angeles right now, we're talking about it's Cinnamon different. versus- It's mm-hmm.
2: different, it's different. It's good though, right? It's amazing though. The
1: texture's incredible. Yes. They're really good.
2: Yeah, they're really good.
1: Getting back to that song, <laughs> song number four. Yes. You talk about the production, you talk about the ideas. You deserve absolute respect for this. Like,
2: Thank the fact you. that
1: that rhythm never does what mere mortals would expect it to do and drop a third mm. of the way through, mm. or the EQ to alter into a sub at some yes, point. Yes, Noah
2: did that, you yeah, know. And I, I
1: know did. it was deliberate because no, you kept did, the yeah. tension there all the way.
2: <laughs> Noah killed it in this one. Mm. Noah killed it. I showed him a reference of flamenco that uh, I love, which was just claps and voice. Mm. And it's one of the, the purest way, to, I think, to do uh, bulerias. The rawest, too. And then Noah was excited, and Noah started uh, working the with EQ, yeah. Yes, oh. and he killed it. The sensibility he has, it's great. Like, it's special. And he, he killed it in that one.
1: He really did.
2: Yes. It's
1: chicken teriyaki?
0: <laughs> yes.
1: That one is like, such a standout club moment. Mm-hmm. It's got the street-level feel that you just dominate, you know what I mean? But it feels fresh, so I wanna wanna know about that song.
2: So this song happened in the Mercer Hotel Mm -hmm. in New York.
1: You recorded it there? That is literally stealth, the most creative recording studio on the planet. You know, that's where Throne was recorded as well. People seem to just love recording there.
2: Exactly, cause they don't complain of the music being loud. Wow, (laughs) (laughs) they really don't. You can like have the speakers like muy fuerte, Mm. and it has vibe. When you go to the street, you uh, see some fashion, then you go back to the hotel. New York, like everybody dresses amazing in New York. I, I'm like, wow.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. In
2: Paris too, but Paris in New York.
1: So what's your memory of recording that song at the Mercer? What's, what springs to mind?
2: Just having fun, just really laughing while I was writing lyrics, really laughing. <laughs> like there's irony in, in the in the lyrics. And yeah, just remember having fun with it.
1: So now that this album is done, when you, what, what, what have you been doing with your time? I mean, apart from this, and we appreciate this, and I know that there's work to do, but what, what are you doing with your time, if you spent all your time creating before?
2: Living life, no, no, no. No, no, no. Um, I was creating the, the visuals, and I'm still working I'm on the visual. You,
1: I'm glad you mentioned that, it's so important.
2: Yes, it's so important. It's really important to me, because it makes such a difference in the way people perceive the music. And um, I've been working on that a lot. It took us a lot of effort to to prepare that. And And
1: how does that work in your mind? Like, the relationship between Mm. the audio component, the music,
0: Mm.
1: and the visual component. So you're making (laughs) swoko.
2: At at what point (laughs)
1: does (laughs) does the treatment present itself to you when you're like, okay, me and my friends on bikes going off? (laughs)
2: <laughs> that was the the most explicit way to, to translate moto mami to uh, visuals, no? Yes. And for uh, sure. yeah, the most the most direct, the most like a straight
0: straightforward.
2: Mm. Um, the it had to happen, like you know, a video with girls doing tricks like that. Yeah. They are amazing. It's so sad. Right? The they are crazy amazing. So I was like, people need to see these badass women doing these tricks, because when I when uh, my sister and I, we found these girls doing that in, in the internet, in Instagram. It's crazy.
1: And that's how, that's how that happened. You just found them, and then you were like, right.
2: You're like, I, I, yes, I want to do a video with this person because I want that everybody, the whole world sees them doing these tricks, and they don't have no no fear when they do that, and that's inspiring. And then, yeah, there's sometimes that, uh, while you're doing the song, it kind of gives you like a, Direction in the way it sounds, it gives you a direction visually. But other times, I take a lot of notes of just videos that I would love to do at some point. Mm -hmm. And then, sometimes you just connect them. You're just like, okay, that with that. And you connect the dots.
1: Everything we've spoken about in this conversation has, has come from your creative impulse. And yet, you have opportunities to collaborate with other companies and other brands and fashion houses to do things. And I wonder, as someone who is so inherently independent and dedicated to your own vision, mm. what is it really like sometimes when you work with other companies who have their <laughs> own vision? And let's be really honest here, and I'm not talking about you, a lot of times in fashion, the artist has to play some more, somewhat of a subservient role because you have to wear the clothes in a way that benefits the brand, and it's not how you would do it in your video. And I wonder how that balances for you.
2: Yeah, I think I would do much more things, but I don't because I, I just, Collaborate with people that likes to collaborate. Yeah. Like real collaboration. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: That means... not
1: paid collaboration.
2: Mm-mm, like no, 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 yeah, no. Like yeah. real collaboration. If we're talking about real collaboration, I'm gonna be really involved. Yes, and I'm gonna like coger el timón, and mm. you know, like I'm gonna be like, okay, this is how yeah, we're gonna yeah, do it. Yeah. We're gonna do this and that. In this way, we're gonna use this uh, thing and this other thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm very hands-on, so
1: that explains why I don't do a lot of it.
2: Yes. a that's, lot of companies can't handle that. It's not the most comfortable, I guess. It's not the most comfortable to to collaborate with people that is like that, unless unless there's a real same vision. Mm-hmm. People that is very hands-on collaborating with other people that is very hands-on and and both have a lot of vision. Vision. The only way that it can work is they have the same vision. So unless I share the same vision or unless I have huge freedom, creative freedom, creative freedom, I do it. If it's not like that, I don't do it. I'd rather do less. I'd rather have less money. I'd rather-
1: See, so you understand the power of no. Oh, 100%. And I wonder, because yeah. there are some pretty legendary stories in, in your journey about times that you said no. <laughs> what? No, I, I mean, there were some, some big no's. That we got to this point. I didn't there were some big no's, you know, and and without going into <laughs> detail, because your reasons are your reasons, and I'm not that conversationalist. I'm not going for that. That's funny. But no, but no is an important word to you, right?
2: Yeah. Exactly. Like, you, you cannot, like, I don't know stay true to yourself and be saying, yes, 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 yes. I'd rather be able to just say no and lose opportunities and lose things. Yeah, I prefer that.
1: Who was or who is your mentor, if there is one?
2: My mentor? Oh, my God. I feel like I've had many and I still have uh, some and that keeps changing all the time through time. I feel like it depends on the moment. Sometimes, <laughs> okay, so I had a flamenco master, Charm Ladonna, that taught me a lot of how to like move on stage, was a mentor in that moment. Or
1: not move on stage, as the case may be, <laughs> sometimes with these ones. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like depending on the, on, the, on the artist too because respect to the people that don't move a lot. It's incredible I've that's watched a you, I've, watched too. You,
1: I've watched you hold your position
2: <laughs> for like
1: 30 40 seconds and it's, it's, it's incredible it's a true discipline and, and that's where you got that from that idea of deliberate movement
2: mm-hmm, Yes it has to, it has to be intentional always In music it has to be intentional in on stage it has to be intentional everything in a creative project has to be intentional. I feel grateful to all the masters I've had, but even sometimes when I'm in a Uber and that person uh, that is driving starts explaining me something, that person is my master in that moment. Like hmm. every time there's a master, ah, there's yeah. always that. There's, That's beautiful. If you, if you really pay attention, you you find it. And I always want to be a student. I always want to be a student. All
1: right, so the moment's important. So let's talk about that. Where do you think, On and be honest if you can, where do you think you spend where? the most amount of time? The past, the present, or thinking about the future?
2: The future, for sure. I try to stay in the present. I, I always push, try to be in the present. I meditate, I try everything to try to be in the present. Yeah, me too. It's a practice. All this, it's hard. Yeah, it's super that hard. practice is, yes. Ooh, but I try. Uh, but my nature is to be in the future. I always project, I always project, I always envision, vision, vision. I live a lot in the future.
1: So you, um, you manifest, you believe in visualization?
2: I, I, d- I didn't know that this exists uh-huh. when I was uh, a kid, and I would be doing that when I was nine years old or 10 years old. I think
1: it's a big concept at that age. I think, <laughs> I think, I think at that point in your life, you are in, in practice without realizing, and only when the reality around you is, reflects the dreams you had, do you realize the correlation.
2: Mm-hmm. That makes sense, you know that makes sense. See, si, si. So I live in the future much more. What
1: does the future look like?
2: It doesn't look bad. <laughs> it doesn't look
1: <work> bad. <laughs> Looks like was fighting over this last bit of churro right now. Um, I have a, I,
2: <laughs> it doesn't look bad. You know what? Because however it has to be, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be cool with it.
1: I'm gonna be. Cool. Wait, how can you say that? Like, how do you? Can you get to a place in your life at this point where you can say, kind of, wherever the. To some degree, wherever I end up, I'm gonna be okay with. That's a, that's a really strong fait accompli attitude, you know?
2: Because I don't, no me aferro. I don't try, I try to not, uh, como se dice? Hold uh, on too tight? Yes, to the things that I have of who I am. That's why in the album also you find songs that are about transformation.
0: Yeah.
2: I try to not yeah. hold on too tight, not either what I have right now in this moment of my life, nor either the love that I get in this moment of my life, not uh, who, who, who I am, what I do, blah, blah, blah. Because I know those things change. And it wasn't until the moment that I accepted, like profoundly accepted that, and truly accepted that, that I could uh, keep creating. There's a, there's a reason. And it's because imagine spending all your life, all your time, your effort, spent on this vision, I want to be a musician, and I want to do it in the biggest way possible, then you get it.
0: Yeah.
2: So, how hard it is, the idea of losing that, how, how frightening it can be, you know, like, it's really scary to me, like, but that paralyzed me when I was, when I was feeling that, being scared, that paralyzed me, and then I was like, no, I don't want to be here. Mm-mm. I need to create, I want to, I want to feel free. And then that's when I could continue creating and making songs. And make the Motomami album.
1: When was that moment? You said that moment was when I realized that I, that I could move forward f- with the freedom. Yeah. What was that moment?
2: That moment was right after finishing tour. It took me months to get there, but I, I ended up feeling like this. <laughs> See.
1: Uh, oh, that was awkward. Come on now, oh, come was on now. You're
2: lying. You didn't want to eat it. Come on up. Okay, I'm going to share it. <laughs> you went to the churro when I was going to the gym. You were like, oh, mm, come on now. I was waiting to do that. I'm only here for the lols, man. No. Oh. I I could understand because it's really good.
1: As much fun as it was sitting around in puppies, eating churros and talk and process, at some point we had to acknowledge that it's an actual real functioning business that needs customers to make money. And so we went for a walk outside where the conversation went into different territory, both figuratively and literally. She's the reason they closed down. (laughs) Nothing to do with me. What do you love the most about Barcelona? I know it's home, but now you've traveled everywhere. What do you love the most?
2: The people, because it's the people I love. I mean, there's a lot of people I love around the world, but in Barcelona, there's my family. And that makes such a difference. Also, the food is crazy, too. Yeah, food's crazy there.
1: <laughs> do you feel like you can disappear the there? The
2: musicians there, too. Uh, I can disappear there. Kind of. You can disappear wherever, though.
1: Yeah. If enough. you
2: want to, yeah.
1: I know this is a crazy question to ask because you just made the album of your life so far. But do you imagine, like, what life will be like when you're not Doing all this, like, do you, Hel- look, do you yes. look forward to that?
0: Mm.
2: I'm excited about it, but I don't anticipate. So, but I know how it looks like. I'm gonna be planting uh, things, taking care of uh, animals, mm-hmm. and planting plants, and taking care of that. Mm-hmm. And that's how I'm gonna be.
1: Raising a family?
2: Yes. Yes, 100%. I see myself having. Three, four kids. <laughs> it's
1: the best.
2: But I realized I feel so much love for music and passion about it. So that's why I keep doing it. Yeah. Because even I realized that I could move in a certain way for a, re- for a reason in the beginning. It still makes sense though now. Even the, the reason why I move is different because now I do it because it's, I cannot imagine one day not making music or not doing this. Oh Yes, when I'm older. But then I'm gonna do something it might else be with love. Yeah. We're gonna be, another, as I was telling you, I'm gonna be taking care of other things. I'll put love in other things the same way that I put love into music now.
1: Are you thinking about? You must be thinking about how Motomami is gonna come to life, live, and how yeah. these songs are gonna sound. <laughs> how these songs are gonna sound live because when I listen it's to it,
2: gonna sound amazing. Crazy. <laughs>
1: Seriously though. The
2: choreographies are gonna be sick. I'm telling you right now. The sound is gonna be amazing. For life, it's perfect. Perfect. I already have so much written about the, the show. About how is it gonna be, so many draws, two or three notebooks full.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Do you have like your opening song in the set list? Do you know the what The
2: opening you... song. You don't I think don't, Saoko. You don't
1: don't tell us, don't say I don't think say. Saoko.
2: I don't I don't know yet. I cannot promise anything because I do not know till I'm doing it. Yeah, but I think it's gonna be so good.
1: Are you gonna do? I fest- think it's an
2: amazing way to start.
1: Are you gonna do festivals? <laughs> like, are you gonna do Glastonbury?
2: I mean, who knows? We'll ah, see. the Glastonbury, <laughs> who knows? The
1: Glastonbury, <laughs> we'll who knows? That's the <laughs> best. Do you know how many? Oh my God, 25 years of living near the UK. You playing Glastonbury? Who knows? Who knows? We Coming went. Coming to Pilton Farm this June.
2: <laughs> With El and we went. Yeah. And now who knows?
1: Yeah. I always <laughs> think about like, those key shows. Primavera.
2: Paris. I... Paris was. That, that was the one? Oh my God. Paris and the end, the closing of the tour in Spain. Yeah. And Paris, El Marquero in Paris, yeah, that was one of my, the ones that, that's the only one I think that I could uh, watch. Because I had such a good uh, feeling about it, and then I rewatched it like uh, a year or something after. But that's the only one. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Cannot, usually I cannot listen to my music, I cannot uh, watch the performances, but Paris is the only one that I'm like, okay. But you don't <laughs>
1: listen to your music in the car?
2: Just for uh, the mixes. Yeah, it just a mixes. I prefer much more discovering new music, learning yeah. from other music, yeah. other musicians. There's so much music in history and nowadays also. How are you gonna spend your time like being all with my, myself? You know. <laughs> I, <laughs> <laughs> You're not lose your time like that, bro. Like I literally feel like I wish I had more time in the day yeah. so I could listen more albums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna like. But you lose can't be doing that when like you're this. making
1: your own stuff. Surely, surely that you're not listening to anyone else's music when you're making your own music.
2: No, no, no. I do, I do. Really? Yeah, I listen. How to can albums. you
1: separate yourself from that being too much of an influence versus being something you can enjoy as a fan?
2: Because I don't know, I, I just listen to music as a mm. as an experience. It's something that makes me feel. You can
1: separate.
2: It makes me feel good, just like that. I I don't. I don't know i just enjoy it you're
1: lucky i mean you know the (laughs) amount of times i've spoken to artists and asked them you know do you listen to other people's music while they're in their creative space and
2: that's the best way to do it by the way i think because that keeps you refreshed that keeps you like oh with maybe something triggers maybe a song triggers you a different way to produce or approach the song you were doing maybe you are you know when there's like a block in a song Mm. you are working on that song and you're blocked with the production usually if you're looking for something, you're going to find it. So if you're looking for a missing piece and then you listen to other songs, maybe... It unblocks it. Yeah, maybe yeah. It w- you would be like, I could do this and this in here. So why... As a musician, you have to nurture yourself, and the only way to nurture yourself is listening albums. How you're not going to listen to albums? Like, that's the, the time that I listen more albums, uh, albums the that's most. <laughs> that's the time that I listen to albums the most when I'm doing an album. I don't know She's not lying (laughs) She's not lying (laughs) This is amazing Wow
1: Alright I hope you enjoyed that A rare opportunity to sit down Eat churros tacos And dive into her life's journey To making this brand new And incredible album Called Moto Mami. Appreciate you checking out The interview series Take care